We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we were talking about how you used meditation to help you. Did you get in the head of Jalen Brown before those free throws? Uh, no, nah, man. He just missed them. He's a great player. Um, those are tough shots, especially at the end of the game. Um, it's a miss and make lead. I'm happy uh, it was on our side today. Uh, you guys gave up a double-digit fourth-quarter lead, but what was it about your composure that led you to this victory here in overtime? Well, we've been in these games before. Um, all year we've been in up-and-down games. Uh, we've lost those games at the end. We've won them at the end. So uh, there's a sense of, you know, being comfortable in those positions and knowing how to execute down the stretch, whether you're up or down. Were you angry at somebody today? It seems like you were taking that out on the rim. Ooh, yeah, I, I feel like I'm in high school again, the way I'm dunking the ball lately. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just having fun, man. Hey, last one real quick. I know Kobe meant a lot to you. Are you thinking about him tonight? Yeah, absolutely, man. It was on my, uh, it was on my heart heavy. Um, you know, just texting with my wife back and forth uh, before the game. Uh, it's a tough day. Uh, Vanessa, uh, you know, the whole family, I said my prayers for you guys today. I uh, love you guys dearly, man. So uh, it's a tough day, but, you know, hopefully he's looking down and he's proud on the way the game is played because, you know, he's an anchor. He's a pioneer of this game. Who's next? Exhibition continues. Thank you for your contribution. Exhibition continues. Julius Randle with two separate bodies. Hell yeah. One going left, one going right. Both with the left hand, obviously. Randolph, who? Yeah, that was not great by TNT. You got to do better than that. And I love that show, and I think it's a classic show, but it's a variety show. It's like watching a late-night show. It's not basketball. When he's not spinning blindly into doubles, he's a monster. Shout-out, Ben, and KFS. Shout-out, KFS, as well. Thank you for the shout-out to me personally. The KFS is awesome. We're doing really good stuff. We're doing really good stuff. I want to... You guys should be checking out the pre-games from DJ Zulo. What great preparatory material for things to look out for. He breaks down the previous time the team has met. He breaks down what the team's been doing, the opponent's been doing recently, how they've been doing. Just a great way to go into a game with like a bit of uh, an education and what to look for. It, it just it enhances your experience of watching a game when you're that when you're like a little prepared. Uh, and so he's doing amazing stuff. The guys on Casual Friday are hilarious. Listen to them. Um, the pregame shows that Andrew's doing now again, talk about preparation, like to be able to hear from, from an expert on the other team before you play a team is like so valuable to watching the game. Cause you just know what to look for. It just changes the way you watch. So we got it all covered, man. We're doing great work. So shout out to KFS indeed. Uh, but yes, he is not when he's not spinning blindly into doubles. He is a monster. His decision-making Perhaps the biggest difference between this year and last year is just quicker decision making. Just quicker decision making. Whether to shoot or whether to drive, and that's it. And you gotta love that from RJ, from, from Randall. Thanks, Exhibition. Red's back. Law offices of Grimes quickly and McBride Esquire on D gives me the giggles. Wow, that's quite a sentence. Deuce should have a key to any gym in the city and can shoot threes any time of the day. Man. What do you mean? Deuce has a key to Westchester. And when he walks into that gym, he makes every three. Um, yeah, he's got to make shots. And by the way, Quentin Grimes needs to make shots. Quentin Grimes had looks that would have won this game tonight in, in regulation. I think it's hard sometimes when you catch the ball with one second left to make those shots. But nonetheless, I need this guy. This guy needs to be a great three-point shooter. I'm waiting because I think it's coming. I'm waiting for the Grimes three-point explosion. Like, I feel like it's coming. But right now, he must be down to like 35 
Um, and I want him to be closer to 40. I think he should be. So I'm waiting on that. But yeah, Deuce, we're hoping he's going to make some shots. I think he will. Thanks, Red. Busy's back. GMAC, this is for you. Get out here and defend top 10 offense after XJ schooled you on how offensive rebounding helps their numbers. This is what I mentioned earlier and how this is what I was fighting in the playback at times. And yet I had to just kind of sit back and watch the crunch time offense and be like, "Eh, they could use some ball movement right now. They sure could. Yeah, they sure could. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that at all. Nope. uh, It needs to be better. Uh, I don't agree with this idea that offensive rebounding is somehow separate and apart from offense. It's very much part of offense is defensive. Let's put it this is defensive rebounding separate from defense. No, I think we basically consider that as part of defense. You got to finish the possession. Same thing. All right. Thanks, Busy. He's he's got more for you. Don't worry. They're, oh, they're, they're on, I am sure they're on fun. the way. They're on the way. There you go. Fargo Tufo. What's up, Fargo? Hello from the land of enchantment. Ah, I always wanted to say that. Welcome to the post game, Ben. Thank you. I value your insight. Thank you for that, too. New York Knicks play hard every game except the KFS game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I blanked that one out. I blocked it from my memory bank. Easy to root for. Love the grid. I will say about that game, though, it's not as crazy as we once thought it was that they gave up that many points to OKC. Because guess what? OKC can freaking score. They put up a lot of points on a lot of people recently. Um, and so it maybe makes a little bit more sense. But uh, that game was rough. That was one. That was maybe one or one of the two or three games this year where you felt like they just didn't really give the requisite effort. But uh, yeah, they do play hard every game. Otherwise, and you give them credit for that. Thanks, Fargo. Dominic Manzi, Julius Randall is better than Mello. <laughs> where we we just uh, getting amnesia tonight? Is, yeah. is that what's happening? No, 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 no. no. No, he's not. He's not. Julius Randle starting the All-Star game or borderline making the All-Star game? He's not. He's not. He's not the offensive player that Melo was. He's Julius Randle finishing third in MVP or lucky to finish top 10 in MVP? Melo is one of the most natural scorers that the game has like really ever seen. Did he always did he always make the best decisions on offense similar to Julius? No, but we're talking about one of the most natural shot makers the game has ever seen. So I will not go that far. He is not better than Melo. In fa- and Melo was good every year. No, Julius no only, years off. Exactly. This is good every other year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, thanks, though, Dominic. Thank you, Dominic. I respectfully disagree. <laughs> yes, we both respectfully disagree. Um, Kevin Nolan. What does GM and GMAC for stands for general manager? Because AC is our general manager. That's what he is. Also, were you surprised Celtics did not double trap RJJB more? Thanks. Well, they, they kind of waited until towards the end of the game to trap them to great effect. Um, was I surprised they didn't do it earlier? You know, it's a great, it's a great point because I, you know, if the Celtics were watching the tape from Toronto, they would have seen that it was effective throughout the game. Um, I think the Celtics probably believe in their defense and their defensive players to a level where they don't feel like they have to do that. Like they should be able to hold their own because they switch everything and they are all really solid stout defenders, but it wasn't working for a while there. And like the Knicks were getting what they wanted. So I, yeah, I am surprised. That's a great point, Kevin. I am a little surprised. They didn't go to more doubling trapping to try to get them out of the rhythm. And when they went to it late, it obviously paid dividends. It's a great point. Thanks, Kevin. Fargo to foe. I really don't have anything else to say, but you deserve another super chat. <laughs> Please give us your five favorite non-Knicks teams to watch this year and why. Uh, thanks, Fargo. I appreciate it. Um, five favorite non-Knicks teams to watch this year. Wow. Uh, Golden State's always number one for me because um, they're such a unique team. They pass the ball so beautifully. Steph Curry is um, magnificent to watch. And they play a beautiful brand of basketball that I, that I relate to and I love. And so they're always number one. They've been number one since 2014. Uh, almost a decade now. Uh, and so that's number one for sure. Um, who else do I love to watch? I love to watch Boston um, because they also run beautiful stuff. I really like to watch the way they utilize guard to guard screen specifically and how much juice they get out of those or a wing to wing, not just guard to guard. 
the way they switch defensively, they're so smart. They're so ahead of the game. Um, I do love to watch Boston. I love to watch OKC. Another really creative offensive team who have a lot of interesting pieces developing and watching to, to develop developing that I like to watch. I really love Giddy and the way he passes the ball. Watching Shea maneuver in the paint is like hypnotism. He somehow finds his way there every single time down. Um, definitely OKC. That's number three. Who else? Who else? Who else? I'll put Memphis in there. I don't love their team because I kind of just dislike them like personally, but I appreciate the smash mouth basketball they play. Jaw is obviously electric. I mean, you never know what he's gonna when he's gonna detonate. And like again, like there's such a clear game plan and execution that they're on a night to night basis. Um, and watching Jaron Jackson Jr. on defense as well, um, they're pretty cool. And I'd actually say they're not fun to watch because it, it, it's. It's not pretty at all, but I, you know, just for variety's sake, I really like watching Toronto um, because they're trying something different, and I respect that. And you have five guys, six nine, trying to figure it out how to play offense that way. Um, and so, again, personally, I, I started to dislike them a bit over these last three weeks of playing the Knicks every night. But definitely an interesting team to watch. So those are five that I just thought off the top of my head. But there are a lot of them out there. Thanks, Fargo. Haitian for her. Okay, Haitian. X's and O's defensively isn't his strong suit, but Tibbs does have them believing, hustling, and competing. Crazy as it sounds, Tibbs is like the E train in the morning. It breaks down, but we still see. <laughs> Yet again, another amazing comment. That that last sentence was it breaks down, but we still take it. Well done, Haitian for Well done. Oh man. It breaks down, but we still take it. Mm-hmm. I, I I have nothing to add. Thanks, Haitian. That's elite elite content. Thank you for providing it. Mangu man, what's up, Mangu man? I don't know what a Mangu man is, but I, I'm sure it's great. IQ's pace and decisiveness is so refreshing to see. Also, what do you think of the minutes with our top three dogs on at the same time? IQ's pace and decisiveness is so refreshing to see. And I will say that there in that third quarter, as I'm watching RJ uh, struggle, there was part of me, and I think I tweeted it, that was like, I'm just literally waiting for that breath of fresh, breath of fresh air. Like refreshing is such a great word for it because when he comes in the game, the whole vibe changes, man. And the whole, the activity increases immediately when he, when he enters. And it has since his rookie year, right? Like that he's always changed the energy of the game. It's such a unique trait. It's hard to actually pinpoint. It's like an intangible. Like it's not nothing that it's just on both ends. There's so much energy and so much smarts and such, um, such purpose that he, he does, he comes in a game and it's refreshing. It's, it's beautiful. He's the best. Uh, the minutes of the top three dogs at the same time. Yeah. I think that's, I assume by top three dogs, you're referring to RJ Randall and Brunson. And there's always been a bit of redundancy there. Um, three lefties trying to get to the left side of the rim. It's the tall grande and venti versions of the same player. Um, they obviously aren't exactly the same, but that's really primarily what they wanted to do is get to their left hand to the rim. And, um, it is, it is a bit sticky, which is why I think the lineups with IQ are better. Cause I think it, it brings a little bit more variety to their team. And none of them, of those three guys, are elite, are elite defensive players. And so you're, you're playing three guys who want to get to the rim, two of whom are decent to good three-point shooters, one of whom has become a very good three-point shooter but isn't as willing in Jalen Brunson. So it's not the best spacing, and it's not the best defense. So I, I don't think it's a great fit. And if you told me that all three of these guys will be on the team one day when this team's a contender... I think RJ is going to be on the bench unless he really develops because I don't know if there's that that starting lineup is going to score enough or be good enough defensively to like really be elite unless RJ really develops into something that we haven't seen yet, which is I'm, I'm holding out hope for, but it's a great question. I don't love the fit between those three guys. They're making it work, but they're mostly making it work when IQ's in the game, right? That's the reality. Thanks, Mangu. Jason A, you're doing great, Ben. 
<laughs> I'm trying, man. This is uh, this is different. I'm I'm having a great time, and and I appreciate all the comments, all the contribution. You guys are making it a lot of fun. So thank you, thank you, Jason. Dom Cappuccini, what are your thoughts on the OG deal or on a potential OG deal? I assume it appears New York is close to Toronto to the Toronto ballpark. Is is it worth it now or better off kicking down to summer? I love the player, but don't see the fit. Bench should be priority. Um. Um, okay, so I will say that this is you know this is where Macri and Jeremy come in handy because I don't necessarily have in the top of my mind like they do all the cap issues and the money that has to go back and forth and what the trade would necessarily have to be. I have a general idea, but it's not really my focus, not really what like where my brain goes. Um, what I will say is that the player himself, OG Ananobi, I am a, as I said before, I'm just a little less into and excited about than maybe the average uh, NBA fan is. I think it's a little clunky at times with him. Um, I, the defense is really good and they could really, really use a big wing who played. You saw it tonight. And I thought Grimes and IQ played their butts off and RJ at times played well, but like, man, Tatum can rise over Grimes anytime he wants and like bully him to the rim pretty much anytime he wants, even when Grimes is fighting for his life. Um, so they need that guy. It was supposed to be Cam Reddish. Here we are. Um, so in that sense, I really like the fit. And he's a guy who, at least in the way he's used in Toronto, is a little bit low usage and can just catch and shoot and drive closeouts and like the stuff that you kind of need on this team right now, except that I'm pretty sure that he wants to do more than that. So that's where it gets tricky. And is it the guy that you want to bring in and have that issue? Um, so I do see the fit. I do see the fit. I, I don't agree with you there, Dom. I do see the fit. I just don't know if it's worth giving up, but we'd have to give up for him. Um, and that's really the question. Thanks, Dom. A-R-A or Ara? What's A-R-A up? Rawad. Yeah. A-R-A Rawad. Hi, Andrew. Oh, hi, Andrew. That's why you came on. Because he said hi, Andrew. Yeah, I think it's for you, though. Do you think that we are well-armed versus any Eastern team from a playoff perspective except the Bucks? It's not for me. It's for you. He said, hi, Andrew. Right. But I think you might have thought uh, I'll answer it. Do you think we are well-armed? Also, versus- thank you for the contribution. AR yes, thank we you. Appreciate um, except the bucks. You so answer well-armed. first, then I'll answer. We'll make sure I you get answer. have questions about us against a healthy Philly, a healthy Brooklyn. Um, I think here's my biggest takeaway of all this. And this is just how this season has gone. I think every single playoff game, the Knicks play this year, play in or playoff will be close. It'll be competitive. There's not going to be a night where I am like, you know what? This is, this is a loss. Like that's what became so disheartening about the Atlanta series two years ago. It was clear by game three. It's like, Oh, this is two different classes. You know, that the Knicks offense was very easily stoppable. And yes, Everything that we were banking on during the season, you know, stopped working. And by game five, it was like, I'll just, ha- just be happy with one more win. And we didn't even get that. Um, I think that will be different this season. So even in a series against Brooklyn or because uh, Brooklyn, you'll have, you know, five or six home games. And with Philly, I'm not going to put it past James Harden to not show up for a playoff game. Um, but I think every playoff game the Knicks play will be competitive. Could be. How about you? Uh, like to answer the question, I, I don't think that I wouldn't say well armed versus any of those top four. They're going to not have the best player in every That's, single like they're playoff just gonna be, series. Yeah, they're, yeah. Just gonna be, they're just going to be out yeah. talented. Uh, those four teams are really, really, really good, man. Like the East is just a beast. Um. I don't know if I yes, yeah, so I don't know if I'd use that language. Now you want to talk about like matchups? Man, they've played all these teams pretty well this year, right? I mean, they've they've been down to the wire with Philly. They lost on Christmas. They were down to the wire against the Bucks, Grayson Allen, death by Grayson Allen. Um, Boston, they just beat. And, they, and the other game they played against Boston was close. <laughs> and Brooklyn, we'll see. Um, without the rant, though, so we're not we're not really gonna see. They played Brooklyn once and they got killed. And they got killed. Yeah, much got different killed. rotation, but they got killed. Look, man, like, are they gonna? They're not beating Kevin Durant in a series. They're just not. It's just not. They're not beating Giannis in a series. Not beating. They're not beating them. Beating Harden in a series, and they're they're just not. Like, they're just not there yet, and that's okay. 
But like you said, I'd love to see a competitive series, even if it's even if it's five. Win a game and make the rest of it competitive. That'll be so fun to watch. Make it six and I'll be thrilled. You know what I mean? Like, but get there, more importantly. I agree. Um, thanks, ARA. Appreciate it. Busy's back. Whoa. Busy's back and angry. Wait, so you mean Tibbs designed an offense that is designed to fail the first time so we can get offensive rebounds? And do you think that's a good idea? Failure is relative. Again, offensive rebounding is part of offense. And you have the best, one of the best offensive rebounders in basketball. So part of the strategy, yes. And again, I, I advise you and I refer you to Fred Katz's article on this, where he has sources that talk about it. The team is designed to take a lot of floaters so that Mitchell Robinson is free for offensive rebounds. This is just true. This is what they do. Yes, I think it's a good idea. That's not to say that there shouldn't be ball, more ball movement down the stretch. I am telling you that there should be more ball movement down the stretch. I agree. But yes, it is part of the design. Absolutely. And it's smart. Think about this. The three best offensive rebounders in basketball right now are Mitchell Robinson, Steven Adams, and Clint Capella. What do all three of those guys have in common? Their point guards take a ton of floaters. Tops in the league in floater percentage, shots percentage of shots that are floaters, and how many floater makes, they're all good at it. And because they're good at it, John Morant, Trey Young, Jalen Brunson, the center has to come out to guard it. And all three of those guys, being they are good offensive rebounders, but they're also taking advantage of the situation. And that is floater takers produce offensive rebounds. It's just true. So, yes, I, I do. I do busy. I, I do think it's a good idea. Thank you. Thank you for the question. He's back again. If you say the Knicks big three, thank you, busy. This is like very generous of you to continue to, to put out the contributions. So thank you. If you say the Knicks big three make bad rim reads and take first available floater, there it is, FAF. Yet this offense is designed around them. Isn't that the argument that the offense should be designed differently? Why design defense around bad decision makers? No, I'll push back on that. It's nuanced. I am saying they should move the ball better. They shouldn't take the first available floater because you might get freaking good three-pointers and you don't get an offensive rebounder every single time. Like offensive rebounds are not always available. Sometimes the team boxes out. And by the way, the worst shot the floater is. So like on the, the reason I focus on the first available floater, let me kind of break this down. Oftentimes the first available floater is off that first pick and roll. On the first pick and roll, normally the guard is still right on the back of Jalen Brunson or RJ Barrett or Manuel quickly, which means the center doesn't have to come all the way out, which means that he's now available to box out, which means you're not going to get as many offensive rebounds on the first available floater. When the ball moves, the kickout happens, and now you're blowing by a dude on a closeout who had to close out to your three-pointer, and you're uncontested for a floater. That's when the center has to sell out on your floater. And when he does that, there's Mitchell Robinson underneath with nobody there to box him out. So it's not mutually exclusive. They should shoot a lot of floaters, but I wish the floaters came off of movement because then, as I said before, the defense is loosened up. Somebody had to fly out on a closeout. He's not in the play. Center has to sell out. Offensive rebound available, right? So, like that's that's what I mean. Is that there could be more ball movement? There should be more more ball movement, especially late in the game. Doesn't mean they shouldn't take a lot of floaters, and doesn't mean it's not part of the design that they should take a lot of floaters and get offensive rebounds off those floaters. I hope that's clear, busy. Thank you. Ara Rawat is back. Ben, are you part of the Cam Hive? <laughs> I am part of no Hive. I am separate and apart from hives. I don't like hives. I never had hives, thankfully. I don't like bees. I don't like hives. People who are in hives, I don't like it because it means, again, by definition, if you're in a hive, you're not being objective about it. And my goal in life, not in life, God, my goal in life are a little bit more ambitious. My goal in basketball analysis is to seek the truth of basketball. That's what I try to do. And I'm not in any hives. No. I. Do you think that Cam Reddish can provide things for this team that they are lacking? And there were times this year where he did so. And the idea that he can never play again, no matter the matchup, no matter the injury, that he's been banished to the Netherlands, to the, to the Neverworld, not the Netherlands. Netherlands seems like a lovely place. Why would you be banished there? It's getting late. Banished to the Neverlands 
never can come in situational, which means dead bothers me. So no, I'm not in the cam hive, but I, I do. I, I'm, 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 I'm annoyed that he can never contribute to this team anymore. And I'm annoyed by the asset management because they're going to end up giving him away for less than they got him for. And that's because their front office and their front and their head coach weren't on the same page. And that can't happen. Simple as that. Thanks, ARA. Robert Cross is back. The legend of GMAC is coach BTB, your biggest free agent signing. If so, how do you top this? Oh, well, mm. well, <laughs> there, there was a free agent that came available today that, that Andrew was getting a lot of a lot of solicitations for. Just you wait the next super chat. There it is. I'm Caitlin Cooper. Yeah, listen, if if if, if Dick's film school got Caitlin Cooper. Uh, we'd be going to the moon. I might mm-hmm. have to. I might have to retire, but we'd be going to the room. I think so, all of us might be taking some pay cuts back. <laughs> um, I uh, just saw the comment from Fargo. Why do you hate the Dutch? Why do you hate the Dutch? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I banished Cam Reddish to the Netherlands. Yes. Um, this is this super chat is also from Fargo too, folks. Sign Caitlin Cooper, GMAC. Listen. Um, look, I. We'll just say Caitlin Cooper is one of the more brilliant people talking about and breaking down this sport. She's also not a Knicks fan, and we are a niche Knicks channel. Um, I'm confident wherever she ends up, whether it be for an outlet or a team, uh, they will be lucky to have her. And we wish her and all of the Vox Media family that have taken some hits the last week um, all the very best, you know? And a hundred percent, I'm not worried about her because someone's going to sweep her. She's going to end up with a bigger platform than she had before. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Tyrese Halliburton tweeted out, Caitlin's incredible. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried. Let me just say this. I I, I don't know how many people are still here, but a little over 400. There's been, uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a segment of the listening population here who, um, with all the tech layoffs, I'm sure there's some victims mm-hmm. of that here. Uh, I certainly have a few friends uh, who are dealing with that and suffering from that. And um, just uh, obviously just want to, I don't know, express that it sucks. We're sorry. Um, I'm sure it'll turn around for everybody. But um, if there's anything that any of us can do, feel please feel free to reach out um, because uh, I can imagine how, how terrible that is. So just... Uh, Thinking of all of you out there. Agreed. Cosign. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need Indeed. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy, with Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketplace platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. It's okay if you don't know much about marketing. Constant Contact's writing assistant tools and automation features help you craft messaging and say the right things at the right time. I use this to help write and send my email newsletters, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey there, Knicks fans. This year, you've got goals and Factor is here to help you achieve each and every one of them. Save time and energy. You need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you need to do is heat up and enjoy. I don't know about you, but one of the things I like to do to stay healthy is eat a lot of grilled chicken. The problem is I don't think grilled chicken tastes very good most of the time. With Factors meals, grilled chicken is always super fresh and super tasty, and they give you all sorts of varieties. This week, I got an order of roasted grilled chicken, and then I got another order of potato leek mash and grilled chicken. Both of them were absolutely delicious. My favorite thing about Factor is they always give you some grilled chicken dishes because I get the low calorie option that are totally delicious, easy to prep, obviously. And they always leave me wanting another dish the next night. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36 plus quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved dietitians. You know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select veggie and vegan meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor-packed food delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes, there is no easier way to eat well. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best life. Get America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit and start saving time, eating well, and living your best year ever. Don't hesitate. Head to factor75.com slash filmschool60 and use code filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. That's code filmschool60 at factor75.com slash filmschool60 to get 60% off your first box. Yeah, we got about 10 left, so... I'll- All right, here we go. Harry Donert, this postgame is a little too nuanced. <laughs> Sorry. I don't remember the last time he beat the best team in the NBA with their stars. Um, we beat Boston last year with their stars. Um, we beat Cleveland with their stars. So it does happen. No, they weren't the best team. I see, best team in the NBA. Well, they became the best team in the NBA after we beat them, the Celtics, last year. Um but no, it's a fair. We beat, you know, we beat, um, we beat the Clippers two years ago. I think both Paul George and Kawhi played in that game. We beat the Clippers twice, I think, two years ago. So there's a game I'm going to, and it's last season. And I know we don't like to acknowledge that anything good or fun happened last season because you're not wrong. I'm trying to see who was playing. And it's the game in Golden State. Oh, you beat Golden State, the champions. That's right. Yes. So I'm in February. I'm pretty I'm sure on... Steph played in that game. Steph played. I'm I mean, trying I mean, to see Clay, Clay wasn't around. Played. Clay wasn't around. No, Clay was Clay didn't play last year. Until late. Um, oh wow, I'm dumb. I'm in the uh I'm in the Brooklyn game log because I was checking um if they have what their schedule was until they play on Saturday. Give me a second. Um you're right about the Clipper game. That Clipper game was big too because it was after the nine-game winning streak. It was during a six-game road trip that we thought would knock them out of the chance to be the four seed. Mm-hmm. Julius had a big game. That game was on Mother's Day too, if I remember. And 
created one of John's best post-game reactions in his old place. Uh, it also created a viral moment where Tibbs uh, called out the the great Mark Berman for um, he pushed back on some questions. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that happened. Um, um, but to your point, Harry, it doesn't happen often in the last twenty years. Yeah. So so we should definitely cherish it. That's for sure. Um, I am looking at the Knicks schedule. I'm at the point where it got not fun anymore. And I'm looking at Golden State now. In that Golden State game, the Knicks won 116-114 in the Chase Center. Mm-hmm. Both Steph and Clay played. Draymond oh, Clay. Green didn't Draymond Green didn't play, but that's oh, the only Clay one. Clay played almost yeah. late enough in the year. Okay, so there you go. Clay played, Andrew Wiggins played, Kaminga started. It's really just Draymond Green. So if you want to say the Knicks, like the Marcus didn't Smart all, didn't Marcus they, Smart didn't play tonight, so they technically were missing their defensive. A, I, I think Draymond's closer to a star. Well, but that's my point. Is like if you're going like the fourth, right. best, fourth or third best player was missing for both cases. So that's the only part that I think that's your answer. Then it's Golden State last year. There you this go. feels better. It does. That felt fluky. This felt like, well, like Busy has said, a statement went. Nothing last year felt very good. No, um, it did not. Until, actually, opening night. After that. <laughs> and then after that. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin and Danishevsky. Imagine I wake up in a coma. No, I don't want to imagine that. After banging your head post the Atlanta series, I ask you how Randall's last two years have gone. How do you start? Man. Roller coaster. <laughs> um, he basically continued the Atlanta series for an entire year and then remembered that he was good. <laughs> That's how I explain it to you. Um, it's been wild, man. What a wild four years as a New York Nick for Julius Randle. Maybe the most wild four years of any Nick of all time. Uh, it's hard to believe the swings that he has had as a player and the value, the difference in the value that he's brought. Um, thanks, Kevin. Dom Cappuccini, silly, but does it annoy you that despite two defensive games against really good teams, the Knicks are still sliding on defensive rating? Uh, no, no, doesn't bother me because they're missing Mitchell Robinson and schedule does play a part in these ratings because who you play is going to affect your rating one way or the other, right? So, like, even a good defensive performance against the Celtics, which I thought it was overall after the first quarter, um, you're still going to give up some points to that team, no matter who you are. It's a team that was, like, on pace to be the best offense in the league before, you know, before the last 10 games when they kind of slid back to earth. But, like, it's a really elite offensive team. Uh, No, it doesn't annoy me. I do want to see that defense improve, especially once Mitch comes back. I think being top 10 in defense is probably – by the end of the year, if I'm being honest – um, I think it's more likely the Knicks are probably top 10 in defense than offense. Like, I think that might flip. We'll see. Thanks, Dom. Amazement. 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 717. Shouts to Sims for work on the glass, too. Yes. But I thought more in the second half than the first half. I don't know the count, but it just felt like he was being more impactful on the, on the rebounds. I uh, just decided to go get it, man, because when that guy jumps, nobody should be able to contend with him. And he started to do it more in the second half and overtime, too. He really cleaned up. So, yes, credit to Sims for that growing into the game. I thought it was a huge game for Jericho's development. Uh, I really did. Anthony Sixto, thanks for again for the contribution, Anthony. Sims slowly improving the timing of his jump on boards, reading the ball. Exactly. Similar comment. I agree. Less of that springing up early just needs to not get lost in ball movement. So, Anthony, that is as well said as anything that I've ever said. 100%. It's the timing on the rebounding, whether to chase the floater, whether to stay back on the, on the glass, figuring out that balance, and then not getting lost in the ball movement. But I thought you – and the first half, I thought he was lost. <laughs> and then in the second half, I thought he stayed with it. And um, he gives you flexibility, man, because you can switch with him. More than you can with Mitch. He's pretty quick laterally as Jericho. And he did it a few times in this game. Um, he closed out to the three-point line a few times in an impressive fashion. I, I thought he was really solid in the second half. And by the way, I know Hardenstein had a terrible pass. That was like the focus of his game. But overall, I thought it was another strong performance. 
um, and a nice backup to the to the Cleveland game when he broke out of his out of his funk, and like especially with Mitch out, they're going to need both those guys. So to see them both playing well in a game like this is is as important as anything. Uh, it was huge. Great job by them. Thanks, Anthony. Uh, Guber then. Thank you for the contribution. I love Brunson. I do, but he got some horrendous ball hog tendencies and it's brutal at times. And when he does pass, it's to Randall 80% of the time. Yes. I don't know about ball hog tendencies. I think that's a little strong. Um, I think, I think it's a, it feeds into Tibbs preference to not turn the ball over. So he's very careful with his passing. Um, but he does hold on to the ball too long. He does. And too many first available floaters. And I want him to kind of cut those a little bit and be a little bit more of a distributor. And I think early, early in the year, he had some big assist games and I feel like it's slowly kind of dwindled and he does kind of look to Randall a lot more than anybody else. And it's frustrating. Um, let me see how many assists do you have tonight? He had, he ended up with seven assists. Didn't feel like it. Um, but it does feel like he can get back to those 10 assist games would be nice. Just a little less sticky with it. I agree with you there. Thank you for the contribution. Mike Farinello. Thanks, Mike. I get they're both really good players, but something doesn't sit right with me if Butler and Bam make the all-star game on a six-seed team. I hear that. And I guess the only argument then would be that you definitely can't have the two guys on the seven-seed team. Um which means only one Nick, but I agree. I, I could see one heat and one Nick getting in. Um, I don't mind that at all. Um, I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. And I think different people would pick one of those heat players and different people would pick one of the Knicks players. Depends on your point of view and your perspective. Personally, I think it's Bam and Julius right now. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Sam L. Thank you, Sam. Love the insight you provide as a player slash coach slash X's and O's guys, Benji. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that very much. You do a great job of leaning into your strengths when analyzing the team. Respect. Uh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. All we can do is lean into our strengths and recognize our weaknesses. That's true of anyone in any position in the world, including on your New York Knicks. And they need to, uh, the players need to do that. I certainly need to do that. We all need to do that. Make the world a better place. That's my, uh, that's my uh, life advice that you all came here for. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate the, the kind words. Fargo, Tufo, thank you again. Uh, did you think you'd be up past midnight for this? I had a feeling after the game ended and as the game went on and as it got crazy, although I, you know, I didn't know how people would react to, to, to the substitute teacher. And I appreciate you guys all keeping me here with all of the generous contributions and the great questions and great insights and laughs that you have brought. So thank you all. Um, I don't mind being, listen, man, I could talk ball until four in the morning. <laughs> like, it doesn't feel like time is passing to me. This is what I love to do. So, um, did have a feeling I'd be up past midnight and I'm happy to do it. Thanks Fargo. So to be clear, do you want me to turn this into a mailbag and I'll just start putting up random questions until 4am? <laughs> you don't want that? You don't no, want that? Please, no, I have to then edit this for as soon as we're done. So we'll get yeah, two listen, more, don't worry. If you got good questions, I'll keep answering them. Uh, Benji! Uh, <laughs> Pluckster, what? Don't say that because then they'll send good questions and then we'll be here till 4am. Thank you, everybody, is what listen, I was I'm just saying. I'm just trying. Yeah. All right. I will. Plus, there you go. Thank you for the contribution. Love the videos, Benji. Thank you very much for that. If you were a coach, how would you get the most out of iHeart? Any extra productivity they could squeeze out of him would be big. Um, great question. Uh, I would let him initiate from the elbows. Uh, that is something he did for the Clippers a lot. I think there's, you know, I, I when I wrote my thread on Hartenstein when they signed him, I said, if Tibbs allows it, and lets him play to his strengths, I think he could be a big value add and add variety to an offense that gets a little bit redundant. And being able to initiate with him from the elbows, let him pass. We saw it once on a backdoor to deuce against Cleveland. They had didn't do it much tonight. Um, but that really leans into his strengths as a player. Um, and I would like to see that more. Um, that said, I think the last two games have been really encouraging. Uh, he's been much, much better. And coming out of that funk a little bit and 
I think the the fit between him and Tibbs is tough because he is a risky passer, although he's a very good one. You saw it on the outlet pass tonight. And um, I think Tibbs is kind of scared to empower him in the offense because of that. But I would. I'd lean into it a little bit more. You sign the guy, you might as well use his strengths, right? Clear the baseline. Let him hit cutters. Have duck-ins. I really think it's a great way to get Julius and RJ low post touches. Like you can imagine a, an entry pass at the elbow to iHeart and then a duck in from Julius or a duck in from RJ for a little high low, like that kind of thing. I would love to see that variety. Um, but we haven't seen it. Uh, and I'm not sure that we will. Um, but it is it is something that I wish we we did a bit more. Thanks, Bluckster. Shimmy MD. What's up, Shim? Benji, Shabbat Shalom, my friend. What a win. Shabbat Shalom to you and to anybody else here uh, who will be celebrating Shabbat tomorrow night. Um, Nets game's 5.30, so I will be missing at least the beginning of that game. Uh, but I will catch up, I'm sure, and watch the whole thing. And um, But um, Shabbat Shalom to you, to anybody else. Thank you, Shimmy. Red Sarachek's back. It's 2029. Obi's averaging 39 points in six minutes, and Tibbs is smiling. Uh, that would be impressive. Uh, yeah, look, he's got to make he's got to make the most of the small opportunities he gets, and right now he's doing it, and we're glad for it. Thanks. And we're done. We're done. All right. How you feeling? I feel great. This is, I gotta say, grueling. Yes. I made a terrible. I mean, fun, but for my fun, voice, but I get it. it, it I'm like having trouble breathing. I forgot to bring a drink, which is a rookie mistake. Mm. But I am a rookie. I could use some freaking water. The man. I loved it. Yes. It, you know, it's great because on Twitter, you put something out and you get some interaction and you answer what you can, but like half of them are trolls and half of them are saying stupid things. But like here you got like, cause it's to everybody in the mm-hmm. world that wants to talk here. You got like Nick film school people and Nick film school people are like smart and clever and like are kind mostly and challenge you. And it's like, so it's such a great way to just like actually interact back and forth um, with, with people. So it's been awesome. I agree. I agree. And you did a tremendous job. Um, Thank you, Andrew. As far as the rookie's concerned, rookie of the year here at KFS. Thanks. Um, so I'm going to say two more things. One, shout out to um, one of my podcast partners, Mr. Bernardo Zraski, whose birthday was yesterday. Um, shout out to him. We collabed for uh, a reaction on his YouTube channel to the uh, Oscar nominations. If you're into movies and you want to see our reactions to the the nominations the other day, head on over to the Invention of Dreams YouTube channel. And then um, I, I don't want to bring end on a sour note, but I thought this was pretty cool. Um, Kendra Randall on Instagram posted a screenshot of Julius um, in her story and said that Julius went to mass 30 minutes before leaving for the bus for the game and lit a candle for Kobe Bryant and Gigi um, and rest in peace, Mamba and beautiful Gigi. And this being the three year anniversary that of Kobe Bryant and his daughter's passing. And um, it still feels weird to me that Kobe Bryant is referred to posthumously. And you have to wonder if that had a little, little bit of edge to uh, Julius's game tonight doing that. Well, I I saw that Tatum was wearing the, um, the armband for Kobe Mm -hmm. 24. And man, I would be lying if I didn't say I thought about it when he rose up for that last second shot, mm-hmm. which was a Kobe-esque, you know, fade uh, away, elbow, elbow yeah. fade at the buzzer. <laughs> and it looked good to me. And uh, I know that Kobe was like Tatum's like inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, look, he's, uh, he's missed for sure. He was a legend in the game. He was a legend post his career. I think a lot of guys were super inspired by him. I certainly was inspired by him watching growing up. You know, like just like a superhuman of a player. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it's good to shout it out. Rest in peace to 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 them. And it's sad. It is it's tough. It is. And the beauty of his impact is, yes, it would have been like symbolic if Tatum hits the game winner in tribute to Kobe. But his impact was so wide around the league that you just then pivot to, well, Julius Randle's yeah. performance was then that way. That was his rook. Yeah. There's, right. a, there's a fun clip going around. I hope people find it. Julius Randle's actual rookie year, not his yes. first year because he broke his leg minutes into his rookie year. But his, so his second year and Kobe's, I believe, last season, um, 
Julius Randle went one-on-one against Kevin Garnett for a game. And it was Kevin Garnett kind of playing bully ball, testing out a young, a young Julius Randle, 20 year old Julius Randle. And Julius went head to head with him. And Kobe answered questions the next day. And it was just like, yeah, I knew KG was going to do that. And I think the way Julius handled himself, you know, made him earn KG's respect. That's who Julius Randle is. And, you know, that, that shows how the maturity of Kobe, because you re- we were basketball fans for his entire career. We saw him go from the 18-year-old taking air balls against Utah to a mentor for a generation of, of basketball players. And hundred yeah, you know. percent. And like and 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 it's it's so apropos because you think about Julius and his career. Um like ultimate resiliency. Mm-hmm. Talking about a guy who had a terrible basketball injury in his first minutes, came back. Team turmoil, like Kobe at the end of his career, it could not have been an easy, like I'm sure it was a, pl- a privilege for him to play with Kobe. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like basketball situation for a rookie, not the easiest. Um, and then the team gives up on him. He goes to New Orleans. He like rebuilds himself there, comes to New York, has a terrible first year. He's getting booed in the garden, has the week here season. Last year, he's got thumbs down. Terrible year, but like there's a resiliency, like it, it's it's impressive, and you wonder. I'm sure it's part partially from that from that exact mentorship you're talking about. So it's pretty cool. I agree. Close this out, Benji. All right, thank you everybody for for joining us. This was amazing. Thanks for for supporting me in my debut. I had a great time. Thank you, Andrew, for your constant support. You're the best. Shout out to everybody out there who tuned in. And um, hey, great win. We can enjoy this one for a couple of days. Have a great night, everyone. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.